for so long, it felt like I could finally hear my own head. I could finally hear the whispers inside me. And I think I had been longing for that for such a long time without knowing it. And I'm lying there in my bed and like, I didn't do the things I wanted to do. I never tried the things I was curious about. I never listened to my inner voice. That's my biggest fear in life. I didn't know how, if I would be happy here. I really did not. And for a long time, I had re I really, really struggled to even feel like I want to be here. It's been really, really tough for me to do this transition to move here because it was a big life change that I had not planned for and I did not ask for it. That, ladies and gentlemen, was the voice of Nicole Fosch. She's a good friend of mine and I just had to have her on the podcast because I know you guys listening are gonna get a ton of value from her story. My name is Kalle Flodin and you're listening to My True North. It's the podcast where I sit down with a fascinating individual who has been brave enough to go after what they truly want out of life. Before we start this episode, I just want to tell you that I made an extended video of my most recent YouTube video. And in this extended cut, I share how you also can start earning money on your hobby. I talk about the techniques I use, how to grow and earn money on YouTube. I also share my personal book and podcast recommendations. And to wrap things up, I share my simple, smart and easy ways to start saving money. If you want to see this extended video, just click the link in my description of this podcast episode and that will take you to my most recent YouTube video. And there I explain a bit more how you can get access to the extended video. I made this extended video because this is the video I would have liked to see myself when I made a transition from city to a more simple life in the cabin. It doesn't need to be a cabin in the woods, it can be a change in any direction. It's for you who want to make some sort of change in your life. Link in the description if you want to check that out. And now, let's start the episode. Then I say hi and welcome to Nicole Fosch. Hi! How are you? I am good. We're both a bit tired. We're sitting on Nicole's living room floor at the very moment. <laughs> for the people listening, who are you? Yeah, who am I? Um, so obviously I'm Nicole and I'm uh, born in 87 from the Midwest of Sweden. Uh, I grew up on the countryside from the beginning and ended up in the north of Sweden with uh, 12 huskies. A lot of huskies. Yeah, yeah me and, too, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we got to know each other as well. Yeah. Uh, from the very, very beginning. I reached out to you, what was it, four... Almost five years ago now, I yeah, think. Yeah, actually, I reached out to you because I commented on your blog. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So you comment on my old, old Facebook yeah. uh, post. Uh, yeah. And I saw that you had huskies on your profile yeah. pictures. And at the time, I didn't have huskies. I was like, oh my God, I always wanted huskies. Now I have someone to ask at least. Yeah. And then we started typing a bit in the beginning, just a few sentences. And then it started into, it went over into like almost novellas. Essays, Essays. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And uh, we, we, we found out that we had a lot in common, not only like life experiences, but also like in that we were quite like minded. Very. Yeah. yeah. We needed the same kind of um, space to rest. We needed the same kind of, yeah, we had the same values in a, in a lot of things. Yeah. And we were also, in, I think, in a stage of life where we were going through big changes and yeah, especially exactly. big internal changes mm -hmm. uh, in whether we like what we needed in life what we valued in life and how we wanted to live our life yeah and also we made a very big shift physically as well yeah. i was about <laughs> to move uh, from Stockholm. i don't think i you had just bought your cottage oh, okay yeah. that was that time yeah. okay yeah, yeah and i had just looked at the cottages i was about to buy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and then you moved the summer after or something yeah yeah the funny thing is like, because I always wanted a husky in my, like the lifestyle I had like painted for myself, living in a cabin and I hmm. want a husky, but I didn't own a husky and it was too much of a commitment for me to do in the beginning, I remember. Yeah. So I actually got to borrow a dog from Nicole, yeah. like after the second time we yeah, met. Yeah, we, we, we didn't know each other like no, that much. I think we had met once Yeah. Uh, and we were talking back and forth a lot and... Uh, I remember saying that, hey, but shouldn't you just borrow a dog for a week or two? Yeah. And that was very weird for me to do because I do not trust people easily. No, that's your babies. <laughs> yeah. And, and with my dogs, like the, the number of people that I entrust my dogs with are like very few. <laughs> they have like a more more thorough checkup than yeah. CIA have on, you know, <laughs> yeah. citizens. <laughs> but, um, but there was something about you. I felt very early on that you were a person I could trust, yeah. which is when you feel that, you know, gut feeling yeah, and that is down. very, very clear. Most often you need to listen to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it doesn't come across that often. 
no not at all and that's why i think we connected so well in the beginning like we just i remember my i re- lived with my roommate you one at the time yeah. and he walked by my screen when i was uh, typing to you <laughs> and he was like okay who are are you completely in love with this person or what's the case because you, a guy usually don't write this much to a girl because there was like the whole screen was just covered yeah. with words and we went on for like from the morning until late at night yeah yeah continuously and i remember us both being at at our works at the time at our jobs and uh, not feeling very happy about where we were uh, yeah. in our work life and you know what made my day actually you know pass by was your texts and like just having the conversations ongoing conversations about work and stuff like that yeah and not feeling so alone yeah i exactly. think that's so important as well and that's part of why i wanted to start this podcast as well so like talk to more people and so listeners can understand that they're not alone in their thoughts yeah. of like trying to search for something else than the the norm yeah because i think that's very common that you're you think you are so alone in how you're thinking or like oh i'm not i'm so not normal i am so different from others but yeah. yeah sometimes we are a bit different from perhaps the majority of people but we are really not the only ones out there i just think we need to find our tribe yeah. and sometimes it could take a, a few weeks or sometimes you just stumble upon a person like you and yeah. then it just starts a whole friendship yeah um mm-hmm. but going back when we started knowing each other we both lived in stockholm yeah which is the main capital of sweden what was it that took you to the decision to actually leave the city to a more countryside lifestyle? In order to understand that, I think we need to go back a bit more. Yeah, yeah, because, shoot. <laughs> as I said, I grew up on the countryside and I've always been at my very core a person that enjoys nature and the proximity to nature and wildlife and animals. And um, I've never really been a person that in- likes living in a city. But also, um, when you grow up and you become a teenager and all of that, you always you're, you're seeking adventure, you're seeking a thrill, or you're seeking something new. So I think it's quite common for for people from the countryside to want to often leave and see something else. We yeah. grow tired of what we're used to. Um, so I left home when I was 15 um, to study elsewhere, and um, straight after I finished uh, the Swedish gymnasium, which is like between the ages of 16 to 19 yeah um then i uh, went to spain and uh, to work abroad and from there i actually traveled a bit and i worked a lot in a lot of different places and ended up in stockholm because i was i came to a point where you know oh i have to grow up (laughs) and you know i I need to you know get my shit together and oh sorry for swearing it's perfectly fine (laughs) and you know uh make something of myself uh so i decided to enlist to this university of stockholm and to study the teacher's program um, majoring in Swedish and uh, drama and um, my plan was always to you know get my exams and all of that and then leave the country again because I was absolutely sure that I was supposed to live in Hawaii or you know <laughs> a very hot country yeah. <laughs> with beaches and the sea and everything like that because I, I really did not like the cold and the winter season in Sweden and um which is quite funny when you think of it now. When when I that's what I do. I have polar dogs and I love yeah, sledding. <laughs> quite different. My plan was initially to only stay in Stockholm during the time I was actually studying. Mm, okay. Um, but then you know life happens, <laughs> and you meet people. And I met uh, I met my boyfriend uh, at the time. Um, and you know time just passed by. And you just kind of go into this route where you don't really question things. And you just, you know, the day just passes by. Yeah, and a day becomes a week and a week becomes a month and a month becomes a year. And yeah. all of a sudden, 10 years have passed. Uh, and you haven't really stopped and paused to think, hey, is this what I actually want to do with my life? Because there are so many, perhaps not other people's expectations on you but you know the expectations that you think other yeah. people have on you and, your own picture um, of that yeah and um you know you're supposed to grow up you're supposed to get an education get a job i don't know get married get yeah. a dog and a volvo and yeah you know and at, at some point during my i think it was my third year uh, because i've always been you know the type of person who can push push myself very 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 hard and I see, you know, the finish line, but I'm 
not always seeing the small steps to get there. Yeah, I just I, I just see the very much yeah. You. I just see the result over there. Yeah, and I just push on, uh, and I don't always take the time to check in with myself, uh, because if I slow down, obviously you will start to feel what's chafing inside and the stuff that's not feeling very good. Yeah, and that can be very scary to a lot of yeah. people. Like, yeah, if I start questioning what I should do with my life, a lot of stuff will come up. I think that's yeah. why a lot of people don't want to go to therapy because yeah. it's like, oh, that's super scary. Yeah, because scary. once you start touching that little yeah. itch, a lot of stuff, it's kind of like when you have a small itch on your body yeah. and you start scratching it and the whole body will start itching. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> it's, like It's that. exactly like that. Um, so I just kept on pushing on and I was like, I had such unrealistic goals for myself. It was like, uh, I did not only study to become a teacher, at the same time I decided to study to become a personal trainer. Uh, most people would finish that that education in uh, one or one and a half years. I decided to do it in six months. <laughs> Don't ask me why, I just decided to do it. And yeah, it, and I had my jobs on the side of the studies and eventually I just wore myself out. Um, I, I went on in such a high speed without you know, ever checking in with myself. Um, as if I was running from something. Um, so in the end, I really hit a wall and I hit it really hard. Um, and that's that's when I was forced to stop uh, because my body <laughs> basically shut yeah, down. Told you to. Yeah, because uh, I obviously didn't listen to the whispers of the body. I had to wait for it to scream and, you know, <laughs> hit a frying pan in my head. Yeah. <laughs> but the more distractions you have in life, I think it's harder to listen as well. Yeah, if you have a uh, work life that is stressful, yeah. if you have a bad relationship, if you're occupying all yeah. your free time with, say, Netflix or podcasts. Or, yeah, of course. Yeah. Because there's always something else uh, to keep you occupied. Yeah, I was actually, we slept over here at your place. And yeah. I woke up this morning like, I was. I think you're going to hear it on this podcast as well. I'm a bit slow today because I didn't <laughs> sleep at all two days ago and I didn't sleep tonight at <laughs> all. Uh, to no, Sanala. We, we actually stayed up until almost two watching a film. Yeah, and yeah. I like I usually go to bed 9.30. I'm like an old, old man in that sense. But this morning I just took a walk by myself and realized I haven't taken a walk by myself for... I don't know, two years maybe? Yeah. Like without dogs, without music, without a phone. Any distractions. Yeah, it was so it was so nice. Yeah. It was just like, oh, there's a mouse. Oh, there's a fox. <laughs> there's an eagle. Like there was so many things. And you actually start to... noticing things. Yeah. Around. yeah. <laughs> I think that's the picture people may have of me that I'm just yeah. going on those walks all the time. But I'm usually quite distracting all the time. Yeah. Actually. And I think also like because you and I both are personalities that are, our heads are very fast yeah and we very, are very active active heads um, <laughs> there's there's like almost like there's going on 15 different conversations in the head at the same time yeah. and we have to start, kind of sort it out like okay what's what's really happening yeah. so to be actually very present and mindful is not always so easy no it's super tricky <laughs> it, it, it takes a lot of effort actually yeah um christina my girlfriend noticed that in the car when we drove here <laughs> because we were listening to a podcast we did it on on youtube and during the whole podcast, and it was like one and a half hours, I paused, I don't know, 14 times because I got the <laughs> ideas to my own podcast and yeah. YouTube videos. Like, oh, pause, hang on two seconds. She was like, mm, okay, yeah, I'm sure. One time is okay. And then two times and three yeah. times because you can't exit the YouTube app without pausing it. Yeah. Um, so that was just a lot of thoughts going on at the same time. Yeah. So what do you do these days to like when the itch becomes a bit too much that you want to do something about it? Oh, that's a good question. Well, it depends, I suppose. Uh, I'm still very good. And I probably always will be that type of personality that has it very... It comes very easy to me to just, you know, push on. And my biggest challenge in life is actually to sit back and wait for, like, wait. <laughs> okay, just just wait and let yourself feel and think first before you do. Um, and uh, so that's... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. That's a big struggle of mine. <laughs> Because I have a really hard time not scratching the itch. Yeah. Um. I I I have a, you know, I don't have that type of self discipline. <laughs> we should have as adults, but we don't. Yeah, but it, yeah, but what's an adult, anyways? Yeah, that's very true. When I looked at, uh, I'm 33 now, and when I looked at 33-year-olds, when I was maybe 18, 19, they I was like, old, oh they? my god, they were really old. Yeah. They had everything under control. They had a steady <laughs> job. They had a a good relationship they had everything yeah you know ahead of them yeah uh, but now when you're 33 like i have still no idea what no, i'm doing no 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 like half of the time i'm like am i supposed to yeah. know what i'm doing <laughs> yeah. with my life yeah and i have a lot of imposter syndrome as well like the feeling yeah. of 
am I allowed allowed to do these kind of things? Yeah. Like, I'm so fe- have the feeling of people that is gonna knock on my door once, yeah, or at any point. Like Kelly, you know, you can't just do YouTube and podcast. Like you're supposed to have a boring job where you get medium salary and then that's it. Yeah, and then you're mm-hmm. just gonna live on like that till you get retired and die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I I totally get that with the imposter syndrome. Uh, I told you yesterday that I was um, headhunted for a job. Yeah. Uh, that I well, it was just came out of the blue, really, and um, it's a thing that I know, like, oh, that would be really really fun, and it would be really like um, challenging, and I think it would help me grow a bit uh, as well. And then, like, my second thought was. But who am I to do this? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do I even know about this? Yeah. But I also know, like, obviously, people would not headhunt me unless they actually thought I could do it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but it's but it's so weird how our thoughts like always go back to. But wait, who am I yeah. to to even speak about this? Who am I to speak about life? I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, but I had the same feeling. I said that to Christina just a few days ago. I had a meeting with uh, Sony and Scandinavian Photo, which is yeah. a photo store here in Scandinavian Scandinavia. Uh, and I had a Zoom call with the uh, like the marketing leaders of Sony and the marketing leaders of the store and everything, and they were just there to brief me because I'm doing uh, three different lectures now in October talking about filmmaking. And I was like, I had a meeting with all those important people, and I was like, do they know I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> or just like, do you know what that feeling? Oh, yeah. Here are a lot of adults just sitting yeah. and watching me. Uh, talking and they're gonna pay me for talking to other people yeah. on those lectures it's such a it, weird feeling i have the same feeling every time i have customers going with me sledding <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but can you talk a bit more about that because that's a bit funny to me because you started obviously by bu- buying one husky yeah how long ago was that and now it's 2021 and you have i have 12 now um and I've, I've had two that I've lost as well. So I've had in total 14 on my own. And I've had three foster dogs as well. Like f- during different periods of time. Um, okay, so there's this disease uh, <laughs> that we talk a lot about in the sled dog world. It's called the polar dog disease. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> about you, it. You, you laugh about it when you hear it the first time. But then you get your first husky. And then you get your second, and then it's kind of like Pringles. <laughs> uh, you just can't stop. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's. Uh, I got my first one in the beginning of 2013. I still lived in the middle of Stockholm City, uh, but I lived quite close to the university, so I had like you know all of these nature preserves. I like parks close and to stuff. me. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's actually I love that place. It's called Stora Skuggan in Swedish, oh, which yeah. means the mm. great shadows, and I think that's just a beautiful name. Yeah. Um, it's um, but yeah, so I got my first one there, and uh, I was already in a place where I wanted to leave the city because that's when I was starting to really crash. I just hadn't understood it yet. And that dog, he had a lot of insecurities and issues. He was a very challenging dog, but much like me, he was a very there's this term like a HSP personality, like highly sensitive personality. Mm-hmm. I would say that he was the dog version of that. Uh, I am the human version. <laughs> and so what I actually discovered for him was that he would he was my mirror. Uh, so he was actually the one that started to make me realize how I was feeling about my life. And um, so I got my first one and I he just, oof, he swept me on my feet. Uh, that was the greatest love of my life. <laughs> I've never loved a human being the way I love that dog. No. <laughs> uh, uh, as we often talk about, Khalil, yeah. <laughs> that uh, me and Christine are very, are very much talking about like how you love your dogs sometimes even more than people around you. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much on second place in our ho- household. <laughs> Nala is way ahead of me. Yeah, and it's the same with me. Like my dogs are always first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my uh, boyfriend at the time, we had started talking about moving at least, you know, out to the suburbs. Uh, so we weren't so close in the middle of the city. And we lived in an area where they were building uh, a lot. Um, and I had moved in with him and they were building so much from the very, like seven o'clock in the evening until late at, in the, no, seven o'clock in the morning until late in the evening. You know, you could hear them um, drilling and drilling and, you know, uh, what do you call it? The springa. Uh, blow up stuff yeah blow up stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you you could hear the construction workers at all hours of the day Uh, and I worked nights and I studied during the days so so I was really really tired and it was never quiet it was just never quiet and I just drew me crazy 
Uh, and then when you live in an apartment, you know, there's always someone, you know, peeing or uh, banging the walls or kids playing or I don't know. Um, so we had started talking about moving uh, and we kind of came to a compromise because he did not want to leave the city. Uh, I would have loved to move to the countryside. Uh, so we moved to the suburbs, uh, Kungsingen. And um, we, I think we lived there for about half a year before we got our second husky. Um, and that's, we wanted, uh, or perhaps mostly me, <laughs> um, I wanted a dog that could, because uh, I had just started bike yoring with my first husky, which is when the husky pulls, pulls your bike. I thought it was so much fun and it was so much fun to see my husky do something he was actually bred to do, like yeah, run in a you harness. Can really and, see that. Yeah, it's kind of like seeing them in the right element. It's the same feeling when you see like a border collie herding sheep. It's just yeah, something just very... supposed to do that. Yeah, it's just, it's just so fascinating. Um, and so I had started to get some contact with other people in the sled dog world and... Uh, I was invited into a elite uh, racing musher uh, who lived uh, about an hour and a half from us. Who is a musher for people oh, yeah, who's not in that <laughs> area? <laughs> <laughs> a musher is what you call the person that drives the sled dogs. So the the yeah the driver of the sled dogs is yeah. the musher. So well, basically, I I ended up uh, getting to know a lot of people, and uh, I had started talking about getting a older dog like a retired dog or a replacement dog from a sled dog home that perhaps needed a new home Uh, because of retirement or because it didn't you know I don't know work in the pack or something like that Um, so I ended up getting my thought was to get like a five year old dog or something like that but I ended up getting a eight year old dog because she shows me yeah. uh, literally she I had I was choosing between seven females and she came and sat in my lap within the first seconds and then she wouldn't let any other dog near and I was like <laughs> okay I guess we're going home together <laughs> but she was oh smella she was such a fantastic little dog when I got her because my first dog he was he was not bred by working um like a working kennel like he he was not bred uh, in a place where they actually used their dogs for sledding or anything like that. He was bred like in, a, in, in the kitchen and, or, yeah, what's, what's we call it in Sweden, kitchen breeders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, nothing wrong with that, but, but just not, you know, he didn't come from lines that always did what they were supposed to do. And, but Smella was, she was, a, you know, the type of working dog that is bred with a very clear purpose. And uh, putting her in a harness and next to Elder was like going from the safe and controlled Volvo to the Ferrari. It was and it was just such a mind-blowing difference and it was like, aha. This okay, is a husky. I thought I had an amazing working sled dog. Yeah. But no, no, no. This is what it is. And from there it's just like I just started to see like this this dream started to take form in my head like having my own little team and I I was thinking, you know, for a maximum of six dogs that would be enough. Yeah. Um and I had started to, you know, travel a lot to other people that had bigger sled dog kennels. And um, that's how I got to know Marlene, one of my best yeah. friends today. Um, I started to visit her kennel a lot and take my dogs with hers to go training and stuff like that. Uh, and she, I think she had like 13 dogs at the time. And it was just like, this is how I want to live. And just, I just want to live like in a whole I want to be a part of the of the dog pack, not the other way around. I don't need people. <laughs> um, so from there, it just honestly, yeah, I, I thought I was going to have like four dogs or something like that. Uh, and then I ended up on a mountain, actually quite close to where I live today. Um, and Marlene, she fooled me. <laughs> no, she literally fooled me uh, to, to stand on the sled. She said, I'm just going to stand and hold it because she needed to get something. And then she told the dogs to run. And I was like, what the heck? Uh, but yeah, and that was 10 dogs uh, of her elite racing team. Oh, wow. And I was such, uh, I cannot even describe the feeling of utter freedom. It was just such a mesmerizing feeling. And I think that's when I hit the point where like, okay, no, okay, this is how I'm going to live my life. Yeah. <laughs> so so from there, yeah, uh, one, two, three, and then 12. <laughs> yeah, I think you had about four when we met. Yeah, I had, because Deja was a pup, right? Yeah. Um, I had, yeah, four, and I also had my a foster sparrow. dog, Turbo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, that winter. Yeah. Yeah, so I had four of my own at the time, yeah. So why did you decide to go north in Sweden so <laughs> not say south <laughs> well snow you know uh, polar dogs um, yeah, it's no, but, uh, actually um, 
it has to do with the dogs as well, but it also has to do with the, when I was in, you know, hit my rock bottom the first time, <laughs> I, um, uh, I needed something, like I needed a change of scenery. Uh, so for the summer holidays, uh, I was uh, on sick leave, you yeah. call it, yeah. yeah. Um, so for the holidays, we decided to go to the Swedish Alps, which I had never been up north. Uh, and I had never really been drawn north uh, before. Like, obviously, you see the beautiful pictures and stuff, and it's like beautiful, but it's so cold, so it's not for me. No, because <laughs> I'm more of a you know, I was a you know, I'm a I'm a half Chilean person, so yeah. I'm yeah, and I'm a Latina at heart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but we went to the mountains and to hike. I just fell so in love. I fell so in love because we. I, I found myself standing there in the middle of a mountain, like alone and it was just me some reindeers and quiet there was it was quiet and i had you know been longing for that quietness for so long it felt like i could finally hear my own head i could finally hear the whispers inside me and i think i had been longing for that for such a long time without knowing it exactly what i was about to say like you don't really know that that is silent that kind of silence even exists no. until you experience it and no. then you have that kind of silence just like you said, feelings, thoughts, all those things that you're having built up in your body starts to show because yeah. they now they have the space to actually express exactly. themselves. Exactly, And that's kind of what happened. I think I, the first time I even remember exactly what mountain, you know, I remember mm, the moment okay. so, so clearly um, how I stood there and it felt like it was the first time I could take a deep breath for years. And it was like I, I hadn't I didn't even remember how it felt like taking a deep breath. Uh, and to for my mind to be still because that never happened <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden it was just like jesus this is this is how it's supposed to be and i felt at home i've always been a very rootless person or uh, like i'm not sure if it's that's the yeah but, right I know what you were yeah, but I've, I've always kind of lacked the feeling of being rooted somewhere uh, and maybe that has to do with stuff i've been through during my life maybe that has to do with moving around a lot um i actually counted back the other day and i've moved if you if you you know put it all together and then split it i've moved once a year oh, for the last really? 20 years wow that's a lot so so perhaps it's not that crazy that you feel a bit you know that you don't have any roots yeah <laughs> um and uh, but standing out there for the first time i think in my grown life i felt at home and that was such a huge feeling it just hit me so hard and then the week passed and we went home and um, the more time I spent at home, the more depressed I got. Yeah, I know that Because I felt like this is not where I'm supposed to yeah. be. Because you got a taste of what you what life could yeah. be. Yeah, and, and even, if, even if you know that, okay, life is not going to be perfect just because I moved sites, I will still have some of my issues and problems that I need to work through. But perhaps this space would allow me to actually, you know, find a mind space to start working through that stuff because there are so much around here that I cannot filter out, if that makes sense. Because mm. uh, when you're a person that has a very, very thin filter, it becomes very hard to just, you know, shut everything else out. Uh, and for me, that filter is almost non-existing. <laughs> um, so I think the the proximity to nature and the space, like the physical space, uh, and the quietness is I really needed it in order to sort and process everything. And I realized that very, very soon after coming home. So every every day I used, I used to want to go back. And from that moment, that was in 2014, from that moment I started looking at houses. Mm. It would it's take, like planting a seed almost. Yeah, but it would take another four years before I moved. And not because I didn't, I wasn't, I was ready to take my bags and just leave. <laughs> I've never had a problem with just taking my bags and leave. Uh, but I was in a relationship and then all of a sudden you have to think about the other part as well. Mm. And it's very tough when you don't have the same vision uh, for, for life. And that's kind of a big vision that you also, I don't want to say should share, but like it's kind of a major thing, like how and where you want to live. So At the end of the day, it's a yeah. deal breaker, isn't it? It is. I think so. Because yeah. that's such a breaking point. Because if I were together with someone that wanted to live in the city, that would like I couldn't do that. But yeah. the problem that I had when I lived in the cabin being single, I was like, 
how the fuck am I going to find a girl that yeah. wants to, want to live in the middle of the forest yeah. without running water, without luxuries, without a bathroom? So I started in my mind compromising. Like, yeah. okay, maybe I have, don't, I don't maybe need to have women to move into a town, yeah. but maybe I can move into a suburb and live yeah. in a, like a normal villa. Yeah, and, kind of, um, and the thing is, like, relationships, of course you will have to compromise. That's, yeah, yeah, that's life. That's fine. But it's kind of like some, I, th- I think for you and me, at least, uh, where we live is such a huge deal for us. And that becomes such a deal breaker in the end. Like, it's very hard to compromise on that that particular bit. Um, so it's kind of like, for some people, that might not even be a problem. Uh, because they might not care as much. And they might find it easier to, you know, fit in. Yeah, just someone yeah. else take the decision for them. Yeah, or just basically they'll like be happy no matter what, as long as the rest of the life is good. Like, but I think for people like you and I, that does not quite work. No, not um, at all. I mean, yeah, obviously, I I ended up moving with the with the guy I lived with at the time, but but it's still even even so, and even if he came to a point where I thought we had the same vision, I would re- later realize that okay, perhaps not. We're not together t- uh, today, as you perhaps understand. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's really it's really tricky. Um, even if you think you're on the same foot, at uh, same page as someone, sometimes it you might end up realizing that oh no, okay, we weren't. To be fair, both to you and me and your ex, like I think people change as well. Yeah, and of sometimes you don't even really know. Like I didn't know I was going to live in a cabin in the forest. No, I had no idea. No, um, I bought that place. As a summer house to begin with. Yeah. And then I just, just like you, let's just spend the weekends. You went to the mountains and got a taste of that. I just went to my cabin during the weekends to got a taste. And like, oh, yeah. shit. Okay, maybe this is actually what I want. But when you moved out there, I think a lot of people like the idea of like, oh, I should also move somewhere. Yeah. But always what it comes down to is that when you move to a new place, especially when you don't know anyone, like yeah. friends or family, what was your thoughts on like getting paid like financially how would you yeah okay, sustain so this yourself is, this is a funny thing because and i've gotten a lot of comments through most of my life to be honest that oh it's so easy for you to just do these changes because you're never afraid of anything or you just don't worry about things and it's it's so funny because i i mean i know myself obviously and i'm the most anxious person ever <laughs> i worry about so much all the freaking time and I have so many fears. <laughs> but the thing is for me that fear is also one of my biggest um it was it's what drives me a lot. Yeah, it's a motivation. It's thing. a motivation and for me fear is a motivation because my biggest fear in life is to lie on my, you know, when my final days has come and I'm lying there in my bed and like I didn't do the things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I never tried the things I was curious about. Yeah. I never I never listened to my inner voice. That's my biggest fear in life. And therefore, my kind of philosophy is to try. Because the worst thing that can happen is that it doesn't work out. You can always move back. Yeah. You can always change the plan. You can always take plan B, C or D. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be you know, the end of the world. For some people, it feels like that. And I think that's also what will hinder them from actually taking the step or trying out a new thing or moving if that's the, what's, what they want to do or even getting into a relationship. Um, but if you don't try, how will you know? And I cannot live with what ifs. No. It, it will, like, I cannot stop thinking about it. And it gets so frustrating to yeah. me. So for me, the potential risk of having a hard time with my income was not big enough for me to say oh it's not worth trying and that comes from a very young age I think and also a lot has to do with my parents as well because they've always encouraged me to well try yeah same with Um, me so and I I, like even if I didn't I didn't grow up in a home where we had a lot of you know financial uh, possibilities or stuff like that not nothing like that but I had a very my parents were very supportive when it came to following your dreams Uh, and and you know deciding for yourself what you feel is important to you um and so for me moving since i've been doing that for (laughs) very many times uh it's kind of like things will sort themselves out i might not end up with my you know the one career i had set out for myself perhaps you will you know you don't know but i mean things will sort themselves out you are creative figure it out (laughs) Um, so that was never really, to be honest, one of my worries. 
I never even thought about it because I felt like that stuff will sort itself out. Yeah. I was more worried about, you know, yeah, I don't even know what I was worried about. <laughs> to be you honest. were more worried about staying, I think. Yeah, like yeah, I was more worried about like I need to get away. I know what what happens if I stay. Mm. Yeah, that's more scary to me. Yeah, for mm. for me, like honestly, the only thing I could see before me if I stayed was like a fucking black hole. Mm. It was like I cannot see how I will ever climb up of this deep hole that I am in if I'm staying. I cannot see a way out. Um, so for me it was it may sound silly but for me it was like a life or death kind of issue uh, and I chose life <laughs> so going back to the question how do you earn money today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's that's interesting um, yeah uh, I'm not gonna lie it is a challenge uh, especially when you because in the past year uh, or in 2020 I split with my with my ex uh, and ended up having to uh, leave the place where I was based. And uh, right there, I had actually uh, established a company uh, within the tourism business. Yeah, and contacts and everything. And contacts and everything. So moving was not in my <laughs> in my head at all. But yeah, uh, it ended up with me having to move. Since 2020, I live in another place, <laughs> a bit further up north, uh, closer to Calle. It forced me to be more creative with how to earn money. Uh, and I'm not gonna lie, it's been super stressful because it was not my plan. Uh, and I had to actually start looking at plan B, C, D, E. Um, so today I actually do quite a lot of things. Um, and I suppose man, in many ways when you live on a countryside, that's a strength. It's a strength to have many legs to stand on, is how we say it in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. Um, Different so, sources of income. Yeah. So one of my my incomes uh, that's not I I'm not earning a lot on it yet. Um, that's but it was my like my um, primary <laughs> income source in where I lived uh, before I moved now uh, is the tourism business. It's the well I take I take people on sled dog experiences uh, in the nature, um, and so that's one part of it. Uh, I create activities with my dogs. And then I'm also a freelancing writer. Uh, I write copy and content. I write art articles. Uh, I've been blogging a lot in the past, and sometimes people ask me to buy, you know, blog posts or stuff like that. Um, I'm also <laughs> I'm also a course creator, online educator, um, within the sled dog um, field. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I basically I educate mushers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're such a nerd. And the, yeah. I mean, this is in a, in a yeah, most I know. A nerd way for ever. me is a compliment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a nerd in when it comes to filmmaking and audio engineering and stuff. But when it comes to dogs, especially huskies, yeah. I can ask you whatever question on earth. I think even if you're half asleep, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I know that answer. <laughs> it's blah, 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 blah. and it's so fun to meet people that are that passionate passionate about a specific subject yeah even more fun when there is a specific topic that is not that common yeah to be nerdy about yeah when you're in the sled dog world it can feel like everyone's a sled dog person <laughs> but to be honest the world is like the community of sled dog people is quite small yeah um but yeah so that's that's also a part of it my, my nerdiness for the dogs um i also am a painting painting artist i, I paint uh, big abstract paintings and that's also a part of my income um, and then to be quite honest I do if people call me up and hey can you make a wedding photography shoot with us I will say uh, yes okay and I will learn how to do it <laughs> yeah I'm exactly <laughs> so, the yeah, same way so yeah. I, I jump on the possibilities that feel exciting mm -hmm. um, so I cannot really say like I do one thing I do a lot of things um, the stuff they ask like the job they headhunted me for like recently is also new to me. It's also within the online educating field, but it's it's a whole new topic for me. And it's also like, well, okay. And I, and I have the imposter in, in syndrome person yeah. <laughs> in the back of my mind, but it's also like, okay, I might not know how to do it yet, but I can learn. Yeah. There's YouTube. <laughs> yeah, there is. It's so much knowledge out there. Yeah. So there's no excuse not to say that you're going to, you're, you don't have the possibility to learn it because yeah. you don't have to pay for education no. today in the same way. I got the same thing when I started learning about cameras. Like, yeah. here's a camera, here's an assignment. Like, oh shit, okay, I have to figure this out. Yeah. But this is one thing I was interested to ask you about as well. 
since you said as I've been in the same situation like having almost having saying yes to projects even though you're not always, always the most no, passionate yeah. about the, the <laughs> request how is that balance for you because I've been in that situation myself and like I have to take this job it's not the most fun assignment yeah but I have to take it because I have to pay my electrical yeah. bill. I have to pay for my phone. And I can absolutely feel like that sometimes, especially with some of my copywriting jobs. It's like, it's not always subjects I'm super passionate about, but fake it till you make it then. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. Yeah, but kind of that's that's how it is. Because at the end of the day, like, especially now after the move and everything, and 2020 was such a, oh, that was such a rough year in every aspect of my life. Um, and I just came to a point, well, okay, you just have to suck it up sometimes also you have to do what you have to do in order to you know at least pay the the most basic bills or you know survive and doesn't mean that i have to do this forever it doesn't but it's but right now that will keep me afloat yeah and it also keeps you gives you the opportunity to do what you love yeah. like being able to live out here yeah being able to live with the dogs yeah. having that as an income as well and that's also like that that's why i also try to be like when the possibility knocks on my door i try to take it as long as it feels good because i know that at the end of the day that is what as you say m- um, makes it possible for me to live the way i want to live because i want to be able to work from home or from wherever i am I want to be able to spend as much time as possible with my dogs at in nature and be able to like plan my days as I wish. I'm not one of those people that, you know, you sometimes get the question of if you had all the money in the world, if, if money wasn't a worry, would you still work? Mm. Some people would be like, yeah, <laughs> like, what, would you, what else would you do with your time? Me, I'm not going to lie. I would say, heck no. Yeah. I would not work. Depending on what you see as work. Exactly. I was just going to say that because the thing is, work for me for me if you ask me would you work i i'm thinking then work for to earn money to you know work to be of use or you know but for me like work can be so many things uh, perhaps others would think i was working but for me it wouldn't be work because i love it having 12 dogs can seem like work <laughs> for many people because yeah. it's kind of like having a farm or you know yeah. you you don't get a break from it but for me it's not work it's my life I have 110 hobbies that I would love to pursue. Some of them might look like work for others, but for me, it's not. Uh, and I would probably still write and I would probably still sell articles or paintings or whatever it may be, but I would not feel like it was work. Um, so I wouldn't work a day in my life if that was the case. I would play because that's what it is to me. I am playing. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't feel like work to me sitting and doing a podcast. Yeah. It's just this is so much fun meeting, yeah. meeting new people all the time. So yeah. like... When I sit, even now when I've been hanging out with you guys, it's a weird feeling of like, yeah, we're watching a movie last night, we hang out with the dogs, but I can't wait to go back home and editing to my next movie, (laughs) even though I haven't slept in two days. I was like, oh, I can change that. Oh, I can improve that. And I can do this and that. Like, it's not work. Yeah. It isn't. Like, oh, yeah, it is my main source of income. Yeah, but but it's different things. Yeah, it's totally different. And I think if you can find that sweet spot, where work or your income can be something that you're actually enjoying. Yeah. That's one of the best investments you can do for yourself and your health, I think. Yeah. And I think it's also important to understand that even if you do something that you love for an income, there will be days where it feels like work. Absolutely. There will be days where it doesn't feel fun. Yeah. It's even with the sled dog, like running the sled dogs, that's, it's my biggest passion in life. But there are days where it feels really tough and heavy. Yeah. There are days where I don't want to get out of the sofa and just, oh, do I have to go out and feed dogs? Like, you know, they're, they're, and that's normal. It's, I think it's the same for parents. It's not always fun to be a parent. No. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that you would give it up. No. Right? Yeah. The same um, thing for me. When I, I publish this podcast on, on Tuesdays every other week. Yeah. And sometimes I haven't edited the whole podcast on Monday evening. Yeah. I know like, <laughs> okay, this is going to take six hours. Do I want to do this? Or do I want to like lay in bed and watch a movie with Christina? Yeah. Like, we're such I deadline have to, junkies as yeah, well. Yeah, you know? and I need a deadline. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't say when my podcast was coming out, it was just, ah, next month and it can be, I, I need. It's not because I'm lazy. It's just a matter of prior- prioritization. Yeah. And I can, when it comes to creative work, it's so tricky for me. We talked about this uh, this morning, I think. There's no real end to it. Yeah. When you're developing a course or an ebook or um, writing a, a song. or Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it does, It doesn't have an end goal really. But if you are, say, I'm repainting a room, yeah. then you're going to reach an end goal. Like, yeah, now I'm done. 
with the painting that's done but if you're doing a movie or a podcast or we can easily sit here for four hours yeah. and it cannot be done yeah. uh, and we no could problem. be done in 30 minutes it's just <laughs> depending on how much time we give it yeah so what advice would you give to people that want to make some sort of change in any direction first of all a change doesn't have to be permanent uh for example if you are curious about life you don't have to, or like life like this or of living off grid or buying a house in Canada I don't know um, you don't have to do it full out the first thing you do you can actually you know try try it for a month see if you like it you don't have to dive in full you know yeah, completely rent the cabin if that's yeah. what you feel like like it's you don't have to do it full out just because some people do it no find your way of doing it and also I mean don't let fear rule uh, the your decisions or or perhaps let fear rule your decisions <laughs> if you're like me but <laughs> no but i think like just just be aware of that yeah things might go really wrong but you can always change your mind you can always take a step back you you won't die hopefully hopefully <laughs> <laughs> depends on what your dream is i suppose parachuting without a parachute <laughs> yeah Nicole yeah you told know me <laughs> no but like truly don't don't think of change as it has to be permanent even moving here like on when i didn't plan of moving here like i didn't know how, if i would be happy here i really did not and for a long time I had re I really, really struggled to even feel like I want to be here. It's been really, really tough for me to do this transition to move here because it was a big life change that I had not planned for and I did not ask for it. But even so, I know like, okay, so this is life now. It might not always be like this. And if it still sucks in a year, okay, then I, then I can make a change. Because change is constant. Yeah. You can either just, you know you know roll with it or you can take charge of it or you can just let it happen and see what unfolds i think that's why it's so important to surround yourself with people that care about you yeah and are supportive no matter what you're gonna do yeah. and also tell you to say like also tell you no when yeah. they like nicole maybe does this is not the best idea to take on an, a new project and right like, now yeah. yeah exactly and that's yeah. uh that's what a friend should be like yeah being able to call you on your bullshit and that's what i said to my mom actually before meeting christina like i need a girl in my life that calls me on my bullshit yeah um like actually tells me when i'm wrong or if i'm treating her or our relationship in a bad way yeah like, because that's, that's when that. you can actually trust someone isn't it yeah exactly because you cannot trust a person that will always just say yes to everything you do but you don't really know if that's what it's actually he or her is actually meaning uh, and it's funny that you say it because me and Christina actually had this conversation yesterday uh, about like how friendship, like the, the really, really true friends or family members or whatever it is, the people in your life that you need to be most um, need to keep closest are the ones that you know will always be honest with you. They will they will communicate. They will, as you say, call you on your bullshit. They don't have to do it in a bad way, but, you know, they, they will be upfront with you. If there is some misunderstanding, they will want to, you know, talk talk about it or sort it out. And understanding that friendship is not just about all the fun times. It's also being real with each other. Uh, and I think that's the most valuable there is for me uh, to to have people in my life that will be there, that will be there when I need them with, with both support and, you know, sharing on and everything. But they will also be there to kind of, Nicole, okay, what are you saying now? And and no no take a step step back now yeah. slow down or you know Nicole go rest yeah <laughs> that's, I need that a lot yeah <laughs> um, so I think that's that's really important to have in your life um, and I would rather have four of those than you know a hundred of something else yeah exactly the same I know, I've also heard that you are the person oh I've also heard that you are the person no how do you frame it <laughs> this is tricky I've also heard that. If you sum up the five closest friends to you, yeah, that's the person you who you are. So if you surround yourself with five naysayers and like energy thieves and uh, yeah, non-successful people, yeah. if you want to see it that way, then you're probably gonna go in that direction yeah. too. But if you surround yourself with five people you really look up to, five people you really trust, uh, yeah, of those kind of people, that's the person you're gonna be. Yeah, as well. Because what you give, you get. Yeah, and the other way around. So how can people find you online? 
if they want to reach out and say hi or oh, just see yeah. pictures of a lot of huskies. <laughs> yeah, on huskies on Instagram, I have my account Rashera Huskies. It's uh, nobody, no one ever knows how to spell it. So look in. It took the... me a few years to know <laughs> that actually. <laughs> yeah, so I think Caleb will have to write it out somewhere. Yeah, you can um, find it in links in the description of this yeah, episode. Yeah, so now. Rashera Huskies on Instagram uh, or um, in Inuden, which is my company name. So. Uh, yeah, that's where you basically find me. Yeah, so Instagram, uh, you, that's the most active place. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I'm, um, this past year, I've not been as active, but if you, if you, you know, if you reach out to me, I will always answer. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I try to have that as a policy of mine. I'm very, I, I will always answer. <laughs> um, and I'm always open to, you know, if someone wants to discuss like, oh, I've, you've done this change, I want to do something similar. I'm always open to, you know, talk to people because I find it really interesting to hear about other people's lives yeah and i also want to help people that help me you know like not the same people but i mean that people in the same way help me take the decision to move out and just support me and show me that it was uh, possible yeah and i feel like that also like even if it's me sharing my toughest times in my life or whatever it may be that's why i started blogging uh, many years ago is if I can inspire one single person or, you know, make one single person to feel a little bit better that day, that's enough for me. That's I, I love being able to sharing my story and I know knowing another person on the other side of the screen can actually benefit from it or feel more inspired or feel a bit happier or comforted or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think that's that's my whole reason with being online, to be honest. That's how I use social media. <laughs> and I know this because I just took your course. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Me you want to share that? You, yeah, you <laughs> just put up. Uh, you have a friend that called Marlene or yeah. Malle, and you have a. Do you want to call it a company together, or is it? Yeah, well, a, well, it is a company. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's an online business where we educate uh, regarding sled dog sport and uh, kennel dogs and dog behavior in in general, um, and uh, it's called memush dot com. Hmm. Um, I'll add a link to that exactly. as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and basically, it's it's for anyone who's interested in the sled dog sport or basically just learning more about canine behavior. And uh, we talk a lot about, you know, rehome dogs, stress, a lot of that stuff. Because we're two just really big nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you. <laughs> now we're going to have lunch. I think it's a reindeer <gasps> stew. Reindeer stew. We've been waiting for that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Just a small reminder, if you want to check out the extended video I did about how you can also start earning money on your hobby, techniques I use, how to grow and earn money on YouTube, my personal book and podcast recommendations, and simple, smart, and easy ways to start saving money. If you want to learn more, just click the link in my description and that will take you to my YouTube channel where I explain a bit more. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk soon again. Take care.